Let your attention be relaxed. As soon as you are aware of that relaxed state, within that relaxed state, that is without losing it, have the understanding of what you are about to do. Feel the meaning of it, the significance of it. Without the significance pushing you away from that relaxed state. energy, the feeling of the significance of this endeavor, let it bring you closer to a state, let it relax you further, let it bring you closer to a state of deep reverence, deep tranquility. holding on to your intention. At the same time, be aware of your immediate surroundings. Sort of announcing to your immediate surroundings your intentions. Thereby asking for cooperation. At the same time, telling yourself to remain in whatever sense of sacredness you bring yourself into. dwell on the thought, on the understanding you're about to encounter, you're seeking to encounter the most significant object in your entire existence. And as you're doing this, have a part of your mind sort of watch the other aspects of your being 
sort of bringing the message to them of the significance of it and drawing them into the need to cooperate. And as you are holding on to that thought, a part of your mind observing the other aspects of your being, the physical aspect, the emotional aspect, the energetic aspect, and witness how they are being drawn into the significance of this endeavor. The body establishing itself in its own tranquility, in its own stability. Directly experience the disintegration, the dissolution of points of tension here and there, some microscopic, some major, all leading into that state where there is a definite sense that the body is cooperating. The body is stable, at ease, tranquil, and a physical, palpable physical sense of joy. This brings you to be aware of the energetic aspect of the body. which enhances the stability, the joy, the tranquility. And as the body continues to enter into its tranquility. The breath naturally follows. And the mere awareness of the breath following the body entering into tranquility enhances the tranquility of both. And the body feels more like a body of energy. The tranquility becomes palpable as if you were actually perceiving it with one of your senses, either hearing it, touching it. some new subtle phenomena or the awareness of a new subtle phenomena takes place, it enhances what was taking place before, enhances the tranquility, 
enhances the sense of stability. Energizes your motivation, your determination. Begin to palpably feel the function of the mind that directs attention and direct your attention to observing the breath without controlling it. Direct the mind to stay on the breath unbroken for 11 cycles of breath and experience the further enhancement taking place with the tranquility, with the sense of ease, with the sense of joy in the body itself. Within this newer, newer sense of tranquility, again recall your determination, the sense of the significance of this endeavor. Let it grow strong within this tranquility, clear. you're about to encounter your true nature feel how the ego is accepting this flutter in the heart, a little sense of hesitation, that's good, probably a palpable 
beginning of fear. That's even better. Now you feel the need for refuge, for protection, for proper guidance from an infallible guide. So just direct your thoughts towards that while your attention is held at the point between your eyebrows or the space in front of your eyebrows. There, see and feel the presence of your infallible guide. Even though the hesitation and the fear may still be there, but it's not overwhelming you. Feel the protection of your infallible guide and entrust yourself by expressing your reverence, expressing your gratitude and consciously place yourself in the protection of your infallible guide. Take refuge. and know why you are taking the refuge. Bring that sense of presence to the crown of your head and communicate your fears, your hesitation. Communicate the obstacles that you've encountered, that you feel you encounter from inside, from outside, and beg for protection. And whatever you may have done that connected you to these obstacles, regret these actions, and rely on the power of compassion 
rely on the power of devotion you have towards your infallible guide to protect you from these obstacles. Bring your attention back to the breath. Be aware of the physical properties of the breath, the temperature, <coughs> the weight of it. And let the awareness of the physical properties of the breath bring you back to the awareness of the body. If you need to stretch your legs, stretch your legs. Uh, I remember I 
Notice last time I didn't give you much time to meditate. I talked really a lot. So I'm going to try not to talk a lot tonight. <laughs> because you're going to need to meditate. something from one of my uh, favorite sutras. You know, every once in a while it seems like I am uh, being very sacrilegious with the way I describe the meditation and emptiness. And I say forget about meditation and emptiness is not a scholastic uh, uh, endeavor. You're not trying to be smart about who said what about emptiness. It's about gaining an experience. And uh, so I needed someone to sort of corroborate what I'm saying. <laughs> so here in the Suranga, in the where the Buddha is now uh, talking to uh, the main, the the person who's the main uh, the main disciple of that. Every every sutra has a main as a questioner, someone who asks the Buddha a question and then ends up being a sutra. So in this case, it's Mahamati. Even though it started out with Ananda getting into trouble. So Mahamati is asking the Buddha about the trouble that Ananda almost got into. So here the Buddha has reached a point where the Buddha, after you know, uh, talking to Mahamati a lot about the true nature of the mind, the true nature of reality, and then the, the Buddha reaches the point, this point. And some of you will remember Ma Sam Je Me Shira Parochin. Ba ke menga nam ke wonni soso ranri yeshe chiruwa okay so this is uh, a descript a description of what is this wisdom that you're seeking what is its nature like okay it says that it's ma sam je me it is it is ma me it is sam me it is je me it is something that you cannot speak directly something that you cannot, uh, it's, it's beyond concept. There's something that you can uh, judge, something that you can, uh, it's like, it's like uh, reveal, something like that, okay. And, and so what is it like? If you want me to say something, it is like, it is maquie. Uh, uh, it is unborn. It is mingak. It is namke uh, mo. It is the very essence of space. That's the point I wanted to reach. It is the very essence of space. And the reason for referring to space a lot is because of the experience that one goes through when one is 
ex when one is having a, a direct experience of the true nature of reality. There's something very space-like about it. All right? And remember, it's not saying it is space. It is space-like. The only phenomena that you've experienced that can have any kind of reference to what you're, what you're directly experiencing at that point is something very space-like space about, space about it. Okay. And so it is something that can only be, uh, it is an object of knowledge only for the individual who's seeking it. Okay. So remember that. And here's the Buddha uh, talking to Mahamati. Mahamati. You and all bodhisattvas should discipline yourself in the realization and patience acceptance of the truths of the emptiness, unbornness, no self-natureness, and the non-duality of all things. This teaching is found in all the sutras of all the Buddhas and is presented to meet the varied dispositions of beings but it is not the truth itself. These teachings are only a finger pointing towards noble wisdom. They are like the mirage with its springs of water, which the deer take to be real and chase after. So, with the teachings in all the sutras, they are intended for the consideration and guidance of the discriminating minds of all people, but they are not the truth itself, which can only be self-realized <coughs> within one's deepest consciousness. That is the only. Uh, that is the only entity that can have any real experience or that can behold the true, true nature of reality. So no matter what you hear, no matter how fancy it sounds, no matter how uh, exotic it sounds, it's just words. It's just a finger pointing to something. There's a tendency, once you read, once, after you've read Nagarjuna, and you've read the commentary of Nagarjuna, and you read the commentary to the commentary of Nagarjuna, and then now you're reading the commentary to the commentary to the commentary of Nagarjuna, you feel like you know so much. This feeling that you know so much inflates the ego, completely does the opposite of what wisdom is supposed to be doing. And you feel you know something, but you really don't know anything as far as the true nature of reality is concerned. Okay. Yes, reading the commentary to the commentary to the commentary about Nagarjuna's text, which is a commentary to the Buddha's <laughs> Buddha's text, which is saying everything I've said about unbornness, uncreatedness, all that is not the truth itself. Okay. So you need that as a guide so that when your mind is going in the wrong direction, you sort of remember, oh, Nagarjuna said that that's, when you start to experience that, that's the wrong, you're heading in the wrong direction. So you bring yourself back. Uh, and in there, the Buddha re repeated the, the, this, this theme about the patience, the, the, the state of realization along the path called the state of patience acceptance. Okay. 
Now, why is the Buddha referring to the state as the state of patiently accepting something, patiently accepting truth? And uh, other, uh, other translators translate it as not patiently accepting, but bearing the truth. I think that has a more of a weight on the significance of that, of that event. And I mentioned last time, maybe that's why uh, there's some new faces. Maybe you heard that uh, <laughs> there's somebody who's talking about this is something, this is how you destroy your ego. <laughs> okay. So what you are bearing is the destruction of your ego. You have to be, you're, when you're going through that, it's painful. When your ego is being destroyed, it is a painful process. It's a psychologically painful process. So, in order to protect yourself with that process, you, go, you have the, the learning which establishes a sense of, of conviction that beyond this ordeal, there's something beyond the, there, there's something beyond this ordeal of having your ego destroyed. You have to be ready for having no answers whatsoever. You understand that? You have to be ready when you're looking for yourself and not finding an answer whatsoever. And to truly see that. Okay. And one of the ways to prepare yourself is through devotion. Devotion through to uh, what I'm referring to as the infallible guide. And when you feel the fear about to take you away from don't continue on this path, which is really the ego saying, don't continue, you're about to destroy me. So to help you continue, go rely on the power of devotion. And another way to help, help protect yourself is through the power of compassion. Why are you doing this? If compassion is the motivating force that helps, that is pushing you through this, then that will help you go through this experience. And I mean it. Okay? This is the hammer, not the hammer, something bigger. The sledgehammer? No. <laughs> the anvil. The anvil, right? That's bigger. In the cartoons, that thing that falls on your head. <laughs> I don't think they have this anymore in today's cartoons. Now it's guns and stuff like that. No. There's no good old cartoons you used to get smashed with a big anvil. <laughs> so this is the anvil. You're making sure that the, your ego is well well-centered, well-targeted, and you're going to throw an anvil at your, at your ego. Uh, I hope I can say this very quickly and very fast. <laughs> so that those of you who are not ready to hear this, uh, you can go, just go over your head. Uh, so take the example of an, uh, uh, a target for the anvil. The bigger the anvil, the, the quicker the smashing, or the more thorough the smashing will be. 
and the, the more power that is used on the anvil, the more uh, thorough the smashing job will be. Okay. So if your wisdom is very weak and it takes a, and, and, your, and your wisdom takes a little, I don't know, a pencil trying to destroy the ego, it's only going to annoy the ego. And the ego may in turn smash your little, little weak wisdom. So before you, in, before you go into this tete-a-tete with the ego, make sure you strengthen your wisdom. What do you strengthen your wisdom with? You strengthen your wisdom with make sure that you do not enter into seeking a direct confrontation with the true nature of reality without being in a very stable state, a very stable uh, uh, state of tranquility. Okay, so it's like the ego moving around, and you're trying to smash it, and you keep missing it, and eventually the ego will get angry, and then will probably take the anvil and hit you with it. Okay, and you experience that. How do you, I mean, I'm, I'm using this very flowery word, uh, the, the ego taking the anvil and smashing you with it. Basically, you become discouraged. You think that, ah, either there's no such thing, or they make too, much, too big of a deal about this experience. And then you become discouraged, and you let it go. Okay? That's the ego winning. Now, here's the thing that, might go over your head, even though I just said it. <laughs> so to avoid just doing damage little by little to the ego, don't rush to uh, confront the ego. Stay away from the ego, just exercising. That is, make sure you have a good experience of tranquility. Make sure you fill that with uh, uh, a genuine sense of compassionate concern for others. And let that be the force that will carry the anvil. Okay. So that the, e the ego will be still, unmoving. And when you, when you confront the true nature of reality, it will have an immediate and thorough impact. And when the ego is destroyed, the painful experience of the truth that you are bearing will not last too long. And, you will ex and that very experience will start to take on a different... Uh, Appearance, and using the word appearance is, is it, it might throw you off. The very uh, the very object that you're directly experiencing, that is creating the sense of anxiety, the sense of groundlessness, the sense of being destroyed, the sense of being completely, utterly disappointed. That very appearance will have a complete opposite effect later on if you are able to bear it. Then it will become the blissful experience. 
then will become the experience of utter freedom. But you have to be able to bear it. So to shorten that uh, psychological devastation. So don't rush to get into that experience. Meaning, don't sit without experiencing any sense of stability, without experiencing any genuine sense of at least sympathy for those in similar situation and try to see the true nature of reality with that kind of mind. It will not have the impact that you would, that it should have. And you, you may end up just disappointing yourself, not the big disappointment, which is a healing, but this is the other kind of disappointment which, which, which uh, will uh, bind you further to samsara. In one of the uh, sutras, where the Buddha, uh, supposedly uh, the Buddha having reached enlightenment, uh, where the Buddha makes this, this, uh, this uh, like triumphant sort of uh, uh, exclamation where he says, I have found the builder of samsara, and now I have utterly destroyed you. No longer will you create samsara again. So he was talking, he was metaphorically talking to his ego. He has destroyed his ego. Okay. Uh, this may sound very simple. The preparation stage is a state of learning how to deeply relax. Continue to relax until you go through various physical experiences, until you go through various psychological experiences, emotional experiences. Keep relaxing, keep relaxing, keep relaxing until you find yourself in what seems to be the, the end of the journey, but it's actually a means. That is, you will have a very clear, uh, weightless, blissful state of mind. Try to get to there first. The more blissful the experience, the more powerful uh, the hand that will... Uh, swing the handle will be. Okay. And with that state of mind, when you're now looking directly at the truth, the impact will be even more powerful. So you can say, uh, there's a, I was trying to think of a very poetic way of saying it, uh, very catchy, sexy way of saying it. Um, might even market it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Striking the ego with one blow. Sexy, yeah. <laughs> because the usual method is you no, know, you you stab it, you run away. You stab it, it goes away. You keep poking at it, you know, making it weak. But you know, it gets angry. 
and sometimes it might it might hit you real hard, <laughs> and you have to stop your practice for quite some time because your ego is being so inflated. Okay, so there's a way you train yourself so that when you're in front of the ego with just one blow, you you strike the ego. What does that what that mean? Relax. <laughs> Relax until the relaxation becomes blissful. That should be very easy. Okay? And it sounds too good to be true, and that's... Well, it is not too good to be true. It's actually true. <laughs> okay. Relax. Don't rush. Don't imagine yourself to be experiencing anything. Experience it. If it's not there yet, that means you're not relaxed enough. And then just ask yourself, what part do I need to relax? And you will get, you know, flashes of intuition will come to you. Oh, this, this little point, this little part in your body is not relaxed enough. And just directing that intention for that part of the body to be relaxed will be relaxed. The more time you are uh, putting into this, the more blissful the experience should be. If the experience is becoming more painful, you did something wrong and you're adding to the pain. You have to stop. Go from before the pain. So you must go to the point where they were tell where, where you were being warned, be careful. You might get addicted to this. This might feel too good. You must get to that point. And, it's, and, and, and it wasn't just being poetic. You want to get to a point where in your mind you feel the sense, oh, I don't want to leave this state. It feels so good. Okay, but of course, you know, you have to get out. You have to work at 9 at 9. You bet you have in your office at 9, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's the... That's the in that state. What do you do when when you're in that blissful state? A palpable emotional sense of who you are, who you uh, grasp at yourself to be, and whatever appears, you force it to to establish itself as being what it's telling you it is. Does that make sense? Uh, remember those moments when you were thoroughly identified with the body. That your uh, sense of me was completely identical with the body. Bring that sense in. And force that to establish itself as being truth, as being the truth. So if it is true that I'm the I and the body are the one one entity, then this and this must follow. And as you are saying this and this must follow, you must it must be an experience. Don't don't allow your mind to go into ab, just pure abstraction. Okay? It's very easy when you're doing meditation of wisdom for it to see, for it to become just pure abstract. That will become later on frustrating. It will become frustration later on. Okay. And throughout all this, 
you must experience that very nice blissful state. Okay. I said I wasn't going to talk for too much, but I talk only for much, but not too much. <laughs> okay. Go to that uh, infallible guy who's still above your head. Bring the infallible guy into your heart. Have a sense of being blessed, being protected. And then just relax. Relax into blissful tranquility. Fill that blissful tranquility with con uh, compassionate purpose. And when you're in that, then call yourself up in your mind. Feel it. See what appears. And let that what appears establish itself as being what you're feeling. It's like what, I, what we did last time with the body and the mind. Right? And when you have that last appearance, uh, if there is no emotion connected to it, and then you, you're, you lost yourself in the, the realm of abstract, you're not really looking at something. I hope that wasn't too cryptic. <laughs> okay, ready? So, as you are even finding your proper posture, recall the significance of what you're seeking to do. Allow yourself to be afraid, because you should be afraid. It's the ego that's afraid. experience either through recalling the experience of tranquility, sensing it, stabilizing it, then fill it with compassionate concern and as you are feeling that compassionate concern the sense of tranquility is enhancing you feel a sense of getting up and do something but the activity will be taking place all solely in the mind the sense of I need to do something, let the doing be enhancing the tranquility.
here within the state of tranquility. Let your heart go out to all those places that you have concerns about, the people that you have concerns about. Let your compassion embrace them. And through the power of your compassion, share with them the tranquility that you're experiencing. Let it be a medicine for them. Let it remove their difficulties. Let it remove the cause in their own minds that is giving them their difficulties. Let them have a taste of this tranquility. And whatever measure of sincerity you had in seeking the true nature of reality, just that measure of sincerity itself, its merit is immeasurable. So towards your compassionate concern, dedicate the power of this merit. Slowly become aware of the physical properties of the breath. Become aware of the, the physical body. may not seem that I cut your meditation short, but <laughs> <laughs> if it seemed that way, it was intentional. I wanted to do, I wanted to sort of like give you a, like a very sh concise outline of what I'm, what I was talking about. First, put the body in a place where you don't have to be concerned about it. Even tell yourself, okay, if I were to fall asleep like this, would I find myself slump on the floor or would I wake, find myself exactly in the same posture? If you're able to find yourself in the same posture, that means you have stability in the posture. Now the comfort, you will experience comfort depending on the strength of your intention. Okay, just having the intention to have comfort will bring it the, the, the sense of comfort. Easy way to enter tranquility. Another one that sounds too good to be true. Have a clear image of what it's supposed to be and intend to experience it. 
have a word that sort of encompasses that, 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 that experience. Tranquility, relaxation, some word. And the word is a finger pointing to an experience that becomes your mantra. Repeat the word tranquil, tranquility. And as you're saying it, you're looking for what the word is pointing to. You will have flashes of experiences of it. As soon as you have, as soon as you have a flash of it, stop saying the word and try to just experience what the word is pointing to. Eventually, that will become steady. And as you experience that, what the word is pointing to, you will feel it in your body, physically, as well as in your mind. So with that, you're able to enter tranquility. When you're in that state, call yourself. Call your name. Or just say me, me, until there's a steady sense of partless entity, a discrete entity, a unique entity, until there is a sense of something that fits the description, keep saying me, keep saying my, your name. Okay? Let me say Punsok, and I feel for what Punsok is pointing to. I keep saying Punsok, I touch it. I lose it, and I say punzok again. Okay? Keep saying it until it becomes steady. Okay? Now, in a, with the appearance of this partless, unique, uh, what was the other word I used? I used three. Partless, unique, discrete. Thank you. You were listening. <laughs> discrete entity. You're feeling it. There's... Uh, uh, the Panchalama says you feel it in your heart okay? you feel it that, that's the conviction of its existence as it is okay? then it is either the body itself that is this or it is not when Feel there's the sense of it being the body. If it is the body, is it? It must be the whole body or part of the body. It cannot be anything else. You must establish that. You must establish what we're calling the 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 field. Okay. There shouldn't be any part of your mind that think it might be something else. It can only be this. It cannot be outside of that. Of that. Then you look while you're in that state. You're feeling a strong identification that I am body. I am this body, as it is. Then you start literally chopping up the body. Okay. This this what becomes that very unique practice called never mind. Chu. Never mind. Well, that's it. <laughs> it's just an elaborate form of doing just this. Okay. Is the leg necessary for this feeling to continue? Then you remove the leg. Is the leg, is the feeling still there? No, the leg is not necessary. Then it's not the whole body then. That's me. Then you remove the other leg. You keep removing, 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 until you get to the brain. 
eventually we get to the brain because you know nowadays because we're able to replace almost every not almost every single organ in the body with something else so it's, it since it is not this it can be replaced by something else and this that sense discrete unique discrete unique Partless. partless good <laughs> feeling is, is, is still there so you haven't found what it is equal to yet. Okay? Then you stuck with you stuck with the brain. Then you do that thing, lobotomy, there's still that sense there. You move that part, there's still sense there. You remove that part. Until you have you arrive at you're directly looking at what is called the space like. If there is no emotion connected to this, your meditation degraded to pure abstract. There must either be an emotion of you're about to be ex experience dread or you're about to experience bliss. These two emotions must be there accompanying looking at this experience called space-like. If it's not there, go back. Okay, recreate the situation. That means you, didn't, you weren't really identifying with what that partless, discrete, partless, discrete, Unique. Very good. Okay, you got the whole all three words. <laughs> okay, until you must feel that. Okay. Uh, then, once you arrive at looking purely at what was that cute word I used last time, so it won't be so scary. Um, the absence of the false self. <laughs> when you're looking directly at the absence of false self, stay with that. Just stay staring at it. Okay. Uh, yogi truth, I don't know what to call that. The ego... One of the functions, one of the, uh, what do you say that? Uh, functions? One of, one of the attributes of ego is to identify with what is presented in front of it. Okay? So when you present ego with the complete lack of the appearance of, complete lack of appearance of the false self, the ego will identify with that. So if you show that if you direct if the ego is looking directly at nothing, what will happen to the ego? It will, it will vanish. For those of you who do a little something, the meditation where you're forced to do that all the time, now you understand why. Okay. Those of you who didn't understand what I was talking about, you're not supposed to understand. <laughs> okay? So I wanted you to have at least those uh, as clearly as possible. Okay. You basically have right there in a very uh, uh, compact form the entire path. Okay. If for some reason you find yourself on a stranded island <laughs> and you can't come back to New York again. <laughs> <laughs> then 
don't worry, you have all the tools you need to get to enlightenment. Okay? Just those. And I tell you, you will be tempted to find something more elaborate, something more exotic. But no matter how elaborate, no matter how exotic it is, it will go back to just this, just this. Okay. The first time I read a yogic description of uh, seeking uh, uh, the state of tranquility, I thought he was kidding. See? <laughs> is this coming from a yogi and he's talking this ridiculous thing? But it can't be too. It can't be this simple. So, that's all I have to say. Now go out and scare yourself. <laughs> okay, thank you.